and you are listening to the Viper Network. I am your host, Viper Bob, and I have with me Mike Olson. Mike Olson. Hey, there he is. All right, sir. I finally got you. Yes. And Quite busy these days. Yes, very busy, very busy. Uh, let everybody know what's going on. Uh, you've got a, you did a, uh, mo- uh, I guess a uh, news clip, a movie, uh, so to speak, well, a documentary. Yes, I uh, just finished up on a documentary of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and how it affects my life. And they just had a screening last night. We went to a little gala opening for that and. Uh, pretty exciting to be able to um, spread the awareness of uh, this disease, uh, the pulmonary fibrosis. Uh, yeah, I can talk. <laughs> pulmonary fibrosis <laughs> Foundation okay. uh, has asked all the patients to be out there getting the word out uh, so we can have better um, research and funding and hopefully a cure. So I took them at the word and I've been trying to see anybody who would listen. So I got uh, a company that did a documentary of my life, my daily life, uh, struggling with it. And then I also had uh, the news media uh, here, the local news here in town, two different stations come and film. So uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, hopefully when people ask what this disease is, I'll be able to share with them and and uh, hopefully help others with this disease. Now, what exactly... Uh... Now we're talking about IPF, but IPF. Yeah. Is, let everybody know about this disease. Sure, uh, uh, pulmonary fibrosis is in many categories, but uh, my particular um, diagnosis was idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. That means no known cause. They don't know what has caused it. Uh, my lungs to start scarring and continue to scar. Um, I was not a smoker, so. Um, kind of baffled as to why this even happened, but, uh, you know, it does happen, and I happen to be one of the many who have, unfortunately, uh, been diagnosed with this uh, terminal lung disease. Idiopathic uh, pulmonary fibrosis, there is no uh, cure. Uh, there is a medication that just came out that, um, that slows down the progression of the scarring, mm-hmm. but I, I ultimately will need a double lung transplant uh, to survive. Okay, and what does one have to do to uh, raise that awareness to your doctor? Uh, and yeah, yeah. What what do you have to do? What would a, well, do? many doctors like I went to a, a I was having problems with the bronchitis every year, and I was just going to my regular sinus doctor, and actually he's the one that said you know something's different, something's wrong. You keep on being coming in here with the same symptoms. And, and I was fortunate to know, have a good doctor that thought outside the box to say, stop treating him with inhalers and the normal procedure uh, on breathing difficulties. I'm going to send him to a pulmonologist. So when I went to the pulmonologist, I uh, had a CAT scan done, and they detected interstitial lung disease of some sort, but they couldn't really pinpoint it. So for about a year, I just kept going on and kept CAT scans done sporadically throughout the year check on that progression and then uh finally about a year ago um i had shortness of breath i was having difficulties i knew a big change had happened 
So I went back to my pulmonologist and they said, you need to go have an open lung biopsy done where we go in there and take a piece of your lung and send it off to uh, be biopsied and to see exactly what you have. And when they uh, so you, did that, you actually had surgery done versus there's there's other ways that they they can do that, but yeah, they can do a scope, right. uh, you know, rock a scope, and they can uh, also sometimes do X-rays, but not all time on the X-ray. It's going to show the the irregular patterns that show up with idio, especially with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. One you know, sometimes EOPD, sometimes mm-hmm. you know, there's other other lung diseases that are so close in nature. One thing I was asked, and it's uh, somebody asked me, well, if I'm put on oxygen, is that the only thing that I can have uh, or do that doctors can help me with? They just give me oxygen, that's it? Or can we, you know, and I, I tried to explain to them that there's other things out there it depends on the person, and it depends on what uh, what is wrong. Yeah, especially on the severity of the disease and where you're at, and what stage you are at in the disease as well. And they all take that into factor as well when they're dealing with each patient individually. Uh, and unfortunately, with uh, especially I think with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, there's so, several scenarios that can take place. Some people have had it and they progressed so quickly that they were unfortunately passed away within the first six months. Then there's another uh, scenario where the idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis is slow moving and it, um, it progresses, you know, slowly but eventually um, takes over the lungs. Now, um, my particular kind is, uh, my doctor explained it, it's like stair stepping, that's um, slowly in decline. Uh, so, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, but we just are trying to get the word out so people understand it because it's a silent, uh, on the outside, everyone says, you look great, Mike, you, you don't look like you're sick at all. And I like to say, yes, well, <laughs> I wish you could be inside my lungs because I am sick. <laughs> that's why I have oxygen on and, and that's why, you know, I'm taking medicine. And, uh, unfortunately to the, you know, just the natural eye, it would seem that, you know, you know, you don't look too bad. And, uh, but it's a silent killer. It's a slow, uh, you know, dying of your lungs. This also, this also can affect your heart, your liver, all sorts of issues. Right. Um, Because you have lack of oxygen to your other organs. So you have to be tested for your heart and other areas, uh, other organs, your liver, especially if you're taking medication that is slowing down the progression of the disease, they have to test you. I go every three months for testing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, now, now there's other things out there that, that can cause this particular problem um, that everybody seems to ask this, the same question. And, and doctors seem to go to it a lot and it has to deal with the drug called prednisone. Uh, For myself, I have PF. I am what they call, they call me more of a slow transition. Uh, The question was, and the answer is, prednisone was the go-to drug 
before it's time. But keep in mind also prednisone has some other really bad symptoms. Uh, some people have, some people feel it, some people don't. Uh, when I was on it, um, I was on it for a while and everything tasted like metal. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my sugar went through the roof and all sorts of things that I didn't really worry about. And all of a sudden I'm hit with everything. Uh, right. you know, now, now you're type two diabetic. You're, you're all over the place, and uh, it it is scary, um, but uh, it's just part of this PF uh, that I'm going through personally. Uh, I hurt uh, quite quite bad uh, at times. Uh, insomnia. I get I get that a lot. Uh, sometimes uh, I can't sleep. Other times I go to sleep and uh, and I'm out. Uh, you know until you know I go out at eleven and won't wake up till twelve noon the next day. Uh, it you know they found out uh, with me. I I they're trying they're trying to get me off from a a uh, CPAP and put me on a BiPAP. Uh, simply because now my CO2 level is high, uh, which just means that the mass that I'm using, uh, I'm recirculating the same, right. my own breath, in other words. Um, ha, uh, have you gotten to that stage where you have to have a machine as well? or? Well, I, I, unfortunately, if I had, C, uh, I had a sleep apnea, and I've used a CPAP for years prior to being diagnosed with um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Now they're finding out, they're doing some studies to think perhaps, you know, there's, there's a, was a problem with my lungs and that's why I needed to be on a CPAP. But, uh, you know, they're just kind of researching the correlation between the two now. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, everyone, each person with PF or IPF, each have a set of circumstances. You know, some get uh, hypertension and, and some um, have problems with their heart. Um, and in my particular case, I I was tested. My blood was tested for because I'm pre-transplant, uh, waiting on the transplant list, and they discovered that my antigens are very high. Oh. Uh, what that means is, you know, my antigens are the ones that fight the infection that comes into your body or any kind of foreign thing that comes into your body. And um, unfortunately, mine are very high, which doesn't make it impossible for transplant, but makes it a little more difficult. Mm. And uh, then the allocation of lungs is, is smaller for me if I'm in that position of having high antigens. But I did find out from my doc, my lung surgeon at the transplant center yesterday, I had a talk with him, and he said, you know, even though that's the case, um, you know, sometimes they go back to normal, and then you'd be fighting the flu or fighting some other kind of infection in your body when we when you're doing the blood testing. So, we're, we're, you know, I'm coming to understand that, you know, even though I have high antigens, you know, I still can be transplanted. And he gave me an example of one patient who had the same similar situation as mine. And just as they were transplanting him, just as they were going to do dialysis on his blood to, 
you know, get the high antigens out. It turned out that the lung that uh, was chosen for him was an exact match and mm-hmm. that they didn't even have to do that. So, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. I, I believe that God is in control of our lives and that he knows exactly what we're going through with our health. And, and my main thing for myself personally is trust. I, I can trust that God brought me into this world and he can take care of me while I'm in this world. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I hear you. I, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff. Uh, some people, uh, it's, it's the actual condition um, that we have to look, look at. Um, definitely, you know, doctors will tell, tell patients left and right, don't smoke. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, on top of, you know, if you know you have uh, a lung issue, a pulmonary issue, heart issue, smoking is the worst thing you could be doing. Uh, being around people who smoke, uh, which is secondhand smoke, is also bad. Um, another uh, issue is eating. Uh, people with IPF and PF uh, sometimes don't want to eat uh, right. because, you know, when they eat, it's harder to breathe, uses energy and things like that. Um, you need to get with a, a, a dietitian if you're not eating correctly. Uh, all these things, uh, it's, it's definitely a life changer, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's a life changer. Also, like diet and, and exercise uh, I'm finding I have to do rehab three days a week to prepare myself for a, a double lung transplant and you know even just walking around the block doing something you can do to uh, better your health in the way of exercise um, is really important whether you have a lung disease or not <laughs> well so. I found that not not a lot of you know there's people that I've talked with that have had this for a very long time and they they know about it and they're you know they their insurance just doesn't cover uh the actual therapy um for one reason or another and you know i tell them you know the easiest way to do is what i do is to get out and walk and you know walk with somebody uh, walk with your if you're on O2, uh, you know you can you can definitely walk a mall. You don't have to be outside, and you know I don't I'm not I'm here in Florida, so I don't really get the cold the snow to deal with, but we do get cold here. Um, it's more of a damp cold rather than a dry. So, yeah, it, it cuts through you. Um, right. Now, I'm in Kentucky where it's cold, so you're making me jealous already talking about Florida. But <laughs> <laughs> what I try to do is try to do my exercise indoor on the treadmill and, um, you know, try to I have a TV going, something enjoyable to watch while I'm on the treadmill. So, you know, it just got to make do what we can do. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, you you are the busiest person I believe I've met, and I applaud you for it, my friend. Um, you, I, you, there's a picture of you uh, with a gold medal around your neck. Uh, All right, that, you, was a, that 
that I had to do with a walk across the new Ohio bridge that they installed over uh, to Kentucky and Indiana, uh, both sides of the river. And what uh, I saw that on the newspaper as a historical moment, and I thought, you know, just because I have a, a lung disease and just because I'm going through troubles doesn't mean I shouldn't participate in things that are going around. There you go. So I said, hey, I'm going to go walk that bridge on behalf of those who can't get out. And uh, I did, and I was got a, uh, got a medal for it. <laughs> like, I think the first 20,000 people, whoever walked across the bridge at a certain time left this uh, memorial coin uh, with the date of the walk. And so I was really happy about that. And then the news media caught on that I was a pastor here in town, and I was walking the bridge from on behalf of my brothers and sisters with pulmonary fibrosis. And so they did a little story on me and I got the word out. That's awesome. That is awesome. And and another thing, like we were talking about earlier, um, how was the uh, how was the documentary? How was that experience? It was good. It was uh, it's um, outside. I just stepped outside, so you might hear some wind. <laughs> That's okay. I got you. I'm on, I'm going, I'm on the way to the car because I'm going to see somebody in the hospital. And it takes me a half hour to get over there, and I have to lug my oxygen. So you're, you're getting to experience <laughs> everything I experience on a daily basis. But anyway, um, it, it was good. It was good to do the documentary. Felt like I really got somewhere in getting the word out, and mm-hmm. especially the people who were filming me who didn't know anything about pulmonary fibrosis were able to see, uh, you know, someone who's struggling with the disease, and. Uh, now, do you get do you get vac- vaccinated for pneumonia and? These- I, I yeah, unfortunately, I uh, got all my shots that I could get. From- well, we just lost him. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we'll have to get back to him. Um, I guess the cell phone system went down or something. Uh, let me see if I. I'll get, get somebody to ring him. In the meanwhile, uh, let's see if I can get him. Uh, it might go through this time around. Uh, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, like. <laughs> well, that's okay. We we just kept rolling. Well, um, yes, I got, you know, anything at a certain amount of pneumonia shots in, in your lifetime, and I, I got my limit. <laughs> you got I your limit. Flu, yeah, I did get the flu shot, I mean, yeah, the flu shot recently, uh, so that helped me, because I do, as a pastor, um, around a lot of people, and I go to different places, and unfortunately, I, I wear a mask uh, when I have to. Uh, just protect my own immune system. I don't blame so. you, especially in public places. It's not it's it's not the public as much as it is if there's a someone with a cold, someone with the flu. Maybe they don't know it. Maybe they do. Right, and you don't want to offend anybody. Just I think most people understand that uh, you have to be precautious, and uh, I just don't want to walk to the hospital. <laughs> with uh, the flu or pneumonia because uh, it's very detrimental to the stage of uh, pulmonary fibrosis that I'm in right now. So, Well, that's the other thing, you know, that some people, most of us have 
experienced. If you've got, um, you know, we all have nasal cannulas and, and masks and different apparatuses that we uh, we all use uh, with fibrosis, with IPF, with uh, the different things. And the public in general, uh, sometimes you get looks. And oh yeah, I got a lot of people uh, saying, "Did you smoke?" And I'm like, "No, never smoked in my life," because <laughs> they don't understand lung disease, and and also they don't understand like I'll have my handicap sticker in my car, like I am now going to the hospital and or at the grocery store, and I'll get out, and you know my personal nature is uh, I'm quick. <laughs> Whether this disease or not, I just zip, zip around. Not every day, but the days that I have energy. And um, people just look at me like, why is he parking in the handicap space? And when I put my oxygen on, they kind of sort of understand. But uh, when they do stop me, they say, well, you look great. I'm like, oh, if I had a dollar for every time everyone uh, said I look great, I could fund my transplant. <laughs> well, I, I've got a question for you. Do, you. do you carry an oximeter with you? Yes, I do, and I try not to be compulsive about it, but, you know, I kind of know when my oxygen is going down. Um, uh, so even I, recently I've had to up my oxygen intake when I sleep because I wasn't getting enough. And also I've had to um, uh, increase my liters of oxygen when I'm exercising uh, because, again, my uh, oxygen start dropping at the liters that I was at, so... Unfortunately, as the disease progresses, you increase the oxygen until you get to the point where you just hope and pray you will get transplanted or receive a miracle from God. I'll take either one. <laughs> Amen, brother. I, I'll tell you, uh, if, there, if there is one thing that you would like to say to everybody that's listening, what would that be? Um, i just say hold on. Those who are sick, those who have pulmonary fibrosis, don't be discouraged. Know there's a whole support group out there for you. People like Bob and myself who are willing to talk to you, willing to listen. Sometimes people with uh, lung disease, especially if it's diagnosed a terminal lung disease, they just need someone to listen, someone to cry on their shoulder. Uh, you know, I have good days, bad days. I have ups and downs. Uh, and uh, it's just so important. And I also like to say, just notice people when they're around you. Uh, whether they have oxygen tubes up their nose or not, look to pe- look at people and, and realize everyone has a story. Everyone has something they're going through. And, and be aware that, you know, in the Gospels, you know, Jesus says the greatest thing is love. You know, we need to love one another and, and really uh, be concerned. You know, I, I always tell everybody as, a, as a, a man of the cloth, as a preacher, you know, my main concern, you know, when I leave the service is how did I affect my family and my neighbors and, and my friends? Did they know I love them? Did they, do they know that I, I was trying to show the love of God through examples, you know, how I example uh, Christ in my life and, and things I say, the things I do? And uh, so I've, asked that, I've been asked that question quite often through the documentary and the local news. You know, they ask poignant questions about how I feel if I was plus, to pass. Plus compassion uh, goes a long ways. Oh, uh, absolutely. We, yeah, love in action. Do, do, of, do unto others like you would have them do unto you. Yes, that, that, that holds true. 
Uh, it's, I tell you, it's, it's uh, been real rough uh, for me. I'm going through some things myself, uh, you know, different doctors now. Uh, it's the change of insurance. It's, you know, everybody has to do what they have to do to survive. Right. And yeah. to those that don't understand uh, what's happening to them, uh, the best thing is is to just hold on. We're here. We're all together. And you are not alone. That's right. You are not alone. Yes, I want to leave this with you, Bob, and, and the listeners that, you know, if, if you want, you need someone to talk to, you need a friend, just go to my Facebook page, Mike Olson. I think it's a picture of uh, my profile pictures, me and my dogs, my three dogs. And uh, you click on that, I'll become your friend, and uh, and I'll add your name to my prayer list. All right. Well, Mike, it's certainly good to hear from you. And uh, uh, we'll all have a, uh, a prayer for the one that's that you're going to visit here shortly. And, and we will definitely have, I have you in my prayers. And I have everyone else in my prayers as well. And you can contact me at Viper, Viper Bob on Facebook. Uh, I'll friend you and we'll talk. Also, uh, there's other ways of communicating. Uh, we have the Messenger, which is a very good system. Uh, again, you can message me through Viper as Viper Bob, and I'll talk to you that way. Anyways, Mike, it's certainly good to hear from you. I know you're busy, and you took a little bit of time out for everybody, and thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. You keep up the good work. I, keep up the good work, and uh, you know, I just hope that you reach a lot of people through your efforts there. Thank you, sir, and uh, you have a wonderful afternoon. All right, God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Mike Olson, everybody. Uh, like he was saying, um, it's just a, a matter of, you know, my, you know what they say. They say mind over matter and all this. Uh, listen, everybody, this is a serious disease. There are many diseases. I'm talking about one and two, actually two in particular. And these diseases uh, are killers. As, and I'm not putting down cancer. I'm not putting down any of those. Those are killers too. But we need to raise the awareness of uh, pulmonary fibrosis. We need to sound the alarm we are here and we need help in this matter i would love to have do, uh, professionals i would love to have uh anyone in the nursing part of uh pf and ipf uh, i'd like to have you on my show i'd like to have some more patients uh, or just people in general with this uh, disease that uh, they're more than welcome to join my show uh, contact me through Facebook and uh, 
I'll put you on the show. Anyways, everybody have a good afternoon and a great evening. Uh, this is Viper Bob, and this is the Viper Network. Thank you for listening.